welcome back to the Master of None podcast. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, joined by one of the regular rugby crew, which is Westy. And to kick off the new season, season just around the corner, we have the one and only Mac Hansen from Connacht and Ireland. Mac, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming, so... Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've been sort of. Uh, I slid into your DMs a while ago, and then we, we've been working on that ever since. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for thanks for finally agreeing to come on. But um, you guys won't have heard this, obviously. But we are try- a new intro song, which I'm sure Mac you are excited about. But it's actually from Kieran Boots' uh, uh, band, the Monday Night Club. Uh, so he's generously donated one of his songs for our intro. So I hope everyone likes it. But um, as we said, we have Mac here, so we will get stuck into that. Mac, uh, Mac, preseason so far, how has it been? It's been good, yeah. The the guys have been working away for plenty of weeks before I got there, um, but the yeah, the two or three weeks being in there have been great. Um, meeting all the new guys, uh, they're all great lads, and the way we're playing footy this year is going to be really exciting. Um, everything seems to be clicking, and you know, coming off uh, two good trial games as well against two very solid sides is um, no, it's a better lead in there, especially than we had last year as well. And is everyone excited for the year ahead? Yeah, everyone's chomping at the bits to uh to get out in the field. So it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I think you'll see a lot more of rotation this year. Um, a lot more people playing, getting their getting their opportunity and getting their shot. Um, uh, just because we have such great depth in the squad. So, um, yeah, no, it's just really exciting. It's good to see. As everyone, I'm sure is aware, you've had quite a busy summer being in in New Zealand with the Ireland team, and, and obviously you had a bit of a stand down period. Um, how has your time off been? Like we've, we've obviously seen there's been a fair few weddings that you guys have been at and stuff, but uh, have you got much time to relax yourself and decompress? Yeah, you know it was um, uh, it was it was a big big holiday for me. Yeah, plenty of cocktails. That's the thing that that, that got me all the sugar drinks and whatnot. Have uh, I've added to the gut a little bit so. I uh, didn't come back in, you know, the best shape, but, you know, that's what holidays are for, I guess. Um, back to normal now, like it's all it's all going good. And, yeah, I had plenty of time to relax. And um, the last two weeks were back in Ireland and I was kind of training away, doing my own stuff. So I wouldn't come back in, in horrendous shape. You've worked off all the cocktails. That's good, I'm sure. Um, Be close, close yeah. to anyway. <laughs> uh, how important is that time off because you as you had such a busy season how important is that time off not even just to rest your body but for your for your mind as well uh it's, yeah it's very needed like you, you i'll spend the next however however many months um thinking about footy like pretty much every day for yeah for for a fair while to come so when you do get an opportunity to to take a break and get in the sun get in the beach like it's it's much needed. It's, it's just good reset button. And now I come in and I'm fresh and ready to go again. And uh, it just makes me excited to get back in compared to, I think, if I was just spending my whole time looking at footage, um, trying to do stuff like that. It's It feels like you, you don't get that break and you don't really get that excitement or that hunger to get back into into preseason. Yeah, you seem to have done a, a bit of travelling around Ireland. Is there anywhere in particular that you like to go to kind of to get that time, a headspace away from, from footy? Uh, yeah, my, my girlfriend actually has a place at Bella Keneally out in, in Connemara and um, oh, it's class out there. It's very good. I, I told them the only thing they're missing is a TV. Uh, I'm a big TV. <laughs> but, uh, I guess that's why. Did you play the golf course? I haven't been out there yet, but like, I guess that's, that's the whole reason to go on out there. Like there, there's some unreal beaches um, and where they are is such an amazing spot. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a good place to just get away and, and relax. Yeah, not very, not very modern. That's for sure, though. I'll give you that. Um, so, yeah, like, no. 
going on about like the last kind of year, um, I think it was six tries and 14 appearances for Connacht. Um, Irish debut, scoring that brilliant try against France. Um, and then go to New Zealand as well. Like, um, how, do you, how, how do you feel looking back at the past year? Does, does it feel crazy to you or is it just, uh, you know, is it exactly what you expected to happen? No, 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 definitely not. It was, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of, you do dream about the, like the, the start kind of happening and being able to just go out there and, and play footy. Um, I, like a lot of people kind of forgot that my, um, my first game against Cardiff wasn't, wasn't great. And I actually, I got dropped for the next week. Uh, I was just talking to Peter about it the other day. Um, and then Matt Healy went down injured. So I wasn't actually meant to play. And then for me, it was more, I was just thinking this is kind of my last, could be my last shot for a while to, to kind of show him what I got. So yeah, I just went out there and, and just played footy. And then the rest, like when I got that in my head, I just I realized the rest is going to kind of take care of itself. Um, yeah, it's been a great year to look back on. There's plenty, plenty of good memories on the field uh, and off the field. Like it's, you know, uh, moving from Oz to, to Ireland. I didn't know how it was going to be. Thought, and, you know, it's very different, but it's different in a, in a great way. Like, I absolutely love it here. How, how has your family reacted to all this, Mac? Because we haven't really seen much of that kind of on social media and stuff like that. How, have, are they as shocked as you are? Is they, like, what's their kind of reaction to everything? Yeah, they're, they're um, yeah. No, I think they are very much so. Like, they're, they're obviously very chuffed for me and, um. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how to really describe it. Like, I, it's it's the last thing we all, we all thought would kind of happen. Like, they they obviously say, you know, we we know you have the the talent to do it and whatnot. Um, but no, I don't think anybody could have expected to the way that I've that I came over and um started playing. And that's that's just purely because of yeah the people that I was around and having people like that back home that cheering me on and and kind of telling me that I could do it. And have have they seen you play? Have they been over since you started playing for Connacht? No, they're coming in December. So, uh, oh, yeah, really excited. It'd be good. They 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 went over to New Zealand for the last game as well. Um, so it was great to see them. Some some of my friends and some of my family as well. Um, so they they watched that game, and then yeah, they'll be over soon to for a couple of months to to watch some games. Did you have any kind of expectations about Ireland or Connacht like before you got here? Like, I mean, I know you have family from Ireland, but like, had you, did you kind of know what you were getting yourself into, I guess? Uh, like people kept telling me, you know, it's cold, it's windy, like all these things. And I was thinking it can't be like, how cold can it be really? Well, how windy can it actually be? Um, that was the main sort of thing. I didn't really know too much about Galway or Connacht, like if I'm being honest. Um, but then having uh, my Irish passport in the back of back of my pocket as well was definitely an incentive to come over here and and just try one more time. And then um, I was pretty content to if you know things weren't things weren't going like amazing that I was probably just going to go. I don't know, travel around the world and play footy a bit more in as many places as I could. And uh, I'm just yeah, I'm very lucky that it that it's all planned out here and I'm, I'm here for the next couple of years. Jeez, I'm sure it gets fairly windy out in Balikinili on a good day. <laughs> I think I've been pretty good with the weather, actually. I've been quite lucky the weekends have gone up. Uh, haven't ex- I haven't experienced it too much, but it can't be too much worse than the sports ground, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, when any friend persuaded you to come to Connacht, what, kind of, what did he sell, sell it to you? How did he sell it to you? What, do, what kind of persuaded you to come over in the end? Yeah, so he's... Um, 
No, he's one of the world's worst salesmen. As I was saying, he was the one to go on. Oh, look, man, it's cold. Like it's cold and all this. But then he goes, "It is a great city." And I was like, "I was like, well, just say that. Don't tell me it's shit. Like the weather could be shit." Like, I don't... <laughs> we thought he was telling everyone it was like a sunny paradise because he was getting uh, all these no. Australians over. We were like, he must be saying something. Uh, he's brutally honest with it. He and I'm just, I don't know. It must, it must work for some reason. He, as as you say, like he's getting a few of us over. Uh, but he 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 went on about the city. He goes, the city's one of the best he's been to. Uh, the people around there, the, the spectators we have, um, just going like on and on about. He did have plenty of plenty of good things to say. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, I was just ready for a change, so he didn't really have to convince me too much. I I was pretty ready to come over and and try something new anyway. Um, and yeah, they were just they were just first to get onto me, so I thought, yeah, well, fuck it, let's do it. Did you have any um, kind of notions about playing for Ireland at the time? Did, did it cross your mind or were you just kind of thinking, yeah, look, I'll go to Galway and if it doesn't work out, as you said, you'll travel around for a bit? Uh, it would have been like it would have been amazing to play for Ireland. I, I didn't think it would come about like it did. As I said, I, I, um, I was just talking the other day. I had so many festivals and concerts and everything booked, ready to go around like Six Nations and everything and uh, like around New Zealand tests. So, because I just uh, like it was the last thing on my mind that I'd be playing for Ireland a couple of months being being over here. So, uh, yeah, like that that was I guess an example of where my head was at. Like I was just here to to enjoy my footy again, play play good footy, and then what happens happens. But I just didn't think it would happen that quick. Yeah, well, we're, we're delighted that it that it worked out. By the way, in case these questions sound like we're questioning <laughs> your face, or we're delighted. No, no, I'm, del- I'm delighted. Yeah, I'm delighted as well. I. Uh, it's funny because everybody, when I say it, it sounds like I was gutted on missing the concert and stuff, which I was. Like, obviously, there were some good bands I wanted to go see, but, you know, it could it could have been for worse reasons, I guess. What kind of bands are we talking about? What kind of music taste does Mac Hansen have? Oh, uh, man, I had, I've, I'm into rock a fair bit, so I was going to go see uh, I was going to go see the Foo Fighters, and then, tragically, the, the drummer died. So, um, yeah, that... that that's they've been cancelled for a while. Uh, I think yeah, just missed out on seeing them. Hopefully they play again soon. I saw that his son actually. I saw a video of his son filled in for him the other day, which is really cool. So they're one of my favourite bands in the world. Love to go see them. Also had Metallica booked in Madrid. Um, that just looked incredible. Like I saw some videos of it. And it was punching pillows a little bit, but you know, as I said, could have been for worse reasons. There was also the I, I just got home. Just like a couple of days late, the Pixies were playing in in Galway, so I was going to go see them as well. But I was, yeah, just two days off. I think I missed them by. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good bands there. I think you're going to impress a lot of people with that kind of music test. I'm sure the IRFU will reimburse your tickets. No, <laughs> yeah, I might put it to them. I'll ask them. I'll ask. Them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dreading. <laughs> the, Andy will do that for you. I'm dreading the point. Like I know, I'm sure I know plenty of songs and everything, but you know when. I'm sure people someday will start asking me, oh, what's your favourite song? Name three or name five. And I'll just be put in the spot. And I just know I'm not going to be able to name any of them like as it, as it goes on. So, I'm sure they'll let, they'll let it slide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've, already kind of, you've already kind of mentioned it before, but how much easier is it to settle into a new team when you scored that try of the season candidate yes. in your first home appearance against the Bulls? It was, I think regardless with the, the group that we have, it would have been would have been pretty easy to fill in. It does, when you're playing good footy and you're 
and you, you're being yourself on the field, it's, it definitely does make it a lot easier to kind of be yourself off the field as well. Yeah, uh, Steve is making me ask you uh, how you feel. <laughs> how would you be if uh, Ulton had got penalised for blocking that defender? <laughs> oh, I would have thought like he was a he was a prop. Like it was bullshit. He wasn't going to catch me anyway. Like, it, <laughs> I would have been filthy. I'm not going to lie. I thought, come <laughs> yeah. on, like don't take that away from me. Like I need this. I need this. Um, but it's good to see that. Yeah, it's good to see common sense. Like does come into into it sometimes. Um, if it if it was like a what's that? they got a couple absolute lightning wings. If it's him, yeah. If it's one of them, I could completely understand it. Um, not saying anything about the prop; he's probably just as quick as me anyway. But yeah, um, no, I was I would have been absolutely filthy for sure. I would have loved to have heard on the re- the referee's discussion like, oh, he's a fat prop. He was never going to catch Mark <laughs> Hansen. You know, like, that would have been brilliant. I didn't say oh, I didn't say he was a fat <laughs> yeah, prop. Sorry, that was me. That was, was me. That I was said me. he was. Probably very skilled. As a as a former fat prop, I can say that he was a fat prop. Uh, no, yeah, because remember we were in the crowd at the time, and I was like, if this is not given because of that, you know, the block, whatever, I would we would have been furious for you. Never mind you being furious. Uh, yeah, so as we kind of, I'm sure it's been a, a few months, obviously taken back. But how would you summarize Connacht's season last year? It was very up down. Like if we're being honest, I think everybody knows there were some games that we played amazing and we got some good wins. Um, and then there were just some games that we should have won and we, we really let slip. So there was, there was plenty of those games, actually. There was plenty of games where we were, well, yeah, we just, we just, I don't know, we just turned off for a little bit and let teams back into it. And you just, you can't do that in professional footy. You know, we, yeah, it was just so up down. It was, it was pretty frustrating to be a part of. Um, but you know we've we've taken a lot of learnings out of last season, and as I said, I, I think that we're gonna we're gonna shock a lot more people this season. Which is you know having seasons like that is always good, where you can kind of come out and and prove people wrong. Yeah, I think one of the main things for us, I mean, obviously as fans, we saw that when things were working, it was it was beautiful to watch. You know, even even the closer games were like this really exciting brand of rugby we were playing. Is there anything in particular about your own style of play that you think really fitted into that, and again might fit into it more again next season? Or in this season coming? Yeah, uh, I've said it a couple times as well where I think wingers are just, like, it's just a number on your back now. There's a lot of people that are, you know, wingers aren't just hanging on the wing anymore waiting for the ball to come out and and finish a try from five or ten metres out. Like, there's there's a lot of players, especially around Ireland at the moment as well, that they can just create something out of nothing and they're, they're coming off their wing and, and they're looking to get involved, and that's it's perfect because that's that's how Connick wants to play, and they've just given me the license to to kind of do that as well. So it um it just makes my my job a whole lot easier knowing, you know, I can just go out there and play footy. We obviously know you can play across the backfield, but do you have a personal favorite position to play? No, you know i I used to I used to get the shits a bit like I, I played ten growing up, and I'd always kind of be put in the wing or be put somewhere else. Um. No, I don't really care now. Like it's, I, I kind of maybe it was a bit of an ego thing growing up, but like wherever I can play to, you know, it probably sounds a bit corny, but wherever I can play to help the team out is, that's where I'll go for the week. If you know, if they need me at center, they need me at fullback, wing, wherever. Um, you know, it's, it's all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll scrum against the uh, the Bulls prop coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, wherever they need me, I'm, I'm happy to play. So I don't really have a favorite or. 
yeah, well, at the moment, at least. Maybe when I get a bit older and I get a bit more stubborn, I'll probably want to stop getting moved around a bit. I think we need to organise a 100-metre foot race in South Africa this year <laughs> to resolve this issue with the Bulls props. <laughs> Please don't, because I'll lose. I'm sure I'll lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not as quick as it might look. Um, you, I mean, you're speaking to two... Uh, less than bang average pro, uh, f- uh, forwards here. So could, for the Labour fans, can you explain the difference in your mind between the left and the right wing? The the main difference is like, it, I just find it easier to kick on the right wing, I guess. I can kind of, I'm kind of brought in for, with Ireland, I felt like I was brought in to do a lot more clearances and was able to use that skill a lot more compared to the left. It is a little bit of a harder kick, kicking off your right foot. Um, trying to hit down the channel. Uh, I've been working on the left foot a bit so I can hopefully, you know, add that add that bow to my to my string. Is that the saying? I don't even know if that's saying. I've been saying it all the time. I, I don't even know if it's string a string. String to your bow. String to the bow. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So hopefully that's like another thing that I can, yeah, try and add in. That's probably the main difference really. Is just, the kicking game is um, a little bit harder on the left than, than when I'm playing on the right, but... Feel I kind of do see a little bit more ball when I'm playing on the left, so it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's pretty similar. Speaking of seeing the ball, one of your big strengths is coming in off the wing and getting involved, kind of in the midfield. We saw a lot with Connacht and Ireland, and it's worked fantastically. Has that always been a part of your game, or have you had to work on that kind of growing up? Um, well, yeah, because I was, as I said, I was always a ten growing up, so and it would. We'd get to like state champs, which is where ACT play New South Wales teams and uh, Queensland teams and stuff like that. And I'd kind of, just because I was a bit quick, like I was quicker growing up, that I'd kind of get chucked on wing just to make, you know, make numbers or fill a spot. So I've never been, uh, I'd never knew how to play wing or anything. I'd always be coming off my wing trying to do stuff like that just because it was what I was used to, like in playing 10, I was used to being in the middle of the field and, and kind of, yeah, trying to create stuff there. So it, it just, once I got here or once I started playing wing, it just felt natural to just keep doing that. I felt like it worked well and um, there was nothing worse than sitting out on, on the wing waiting for the ball the whole game. Like sometimes you do have to just go get it, I learned. And, um, yeah, so it, it, as I said, it just kept working. So I thought I'd just keep keep on doing it. Uh, you said already about... Um kind of going wherever the team needs you and you mentioned playing 10, do you think uh, you'll move, we'll see you at 10 at all this season or is there any want from you to kind of get into that 10 jersey? Um, I think it'd be cool to play 10 again. I haven't thought about it for a couple of years now since I've been moved in. Like I, I only stopped playing 10 when I was about, I'd say, 21 or so. Um, so not actually that long ago. Ten, maybe 20. Um, but I think we have, like we've got three really good 10s at the moment, so say one of them goes down, we got Fitzy, Cardi, um, Hawkshaw. So we got we got some pretty good depth. Like I don't think I'll really be needed to to be called on to play ten at all when we've when we've got three good players like that. Um one of the many things that we really liked about watching you last year, Mac, was your fearlessness in terms of you don't fear like any team, you don't fear anyone. Uh, we saw that big time against Leinster when you kind of you said quote they should be shitting themselves which as Connacht fans we absolutely loved. That confidence and that brashness, that's not something that necessarily is always kind of pinned with Connacht. Did you sense that when you joined? Is that Are you trying actively to kind of change that about Connacht? Is that always kind of how you've been? 
You know, uh, it, I think I, so I, I came from Brumbies and Brumbies were very similar. We were always looked as the little brother, the the kind of the team that you know, were just full of misfits or all the rejects kind of. So coming over here, it's, I kind of got the same feel from everybody. Um, but over here, I think it's like it's 10 times worse. I don't think any of the teams really respect us much at all. So um, as a team, we've we've been working on that a lot. And uh, I don't think it's something that I need to bring in. It's, it's in... It's in all of, all of us at the moment as it is. So we, we understand that, like, to, to earn respect, you've you got to go out and do something about it. So, um, and, yeah, as I said, just coming from little brother team, I guess, to another one, uh, I've kind of been through it and I've seen what, what it took for Brumbies to be the type of team they are now. Like, they're the number one team in Australian rugby and have been for years. Um, and it's just with that attitude, that not-give-a-shit attitude, we're here to, here to play footy, we're here to win and, it doesn't we don't care what people think about us really, so it's good. I think Connick's very similar, and we, we're definitely getting to that sort of point as well. Yeah, it's good to hear. I think that's the attitude most Connick people would have as well. Like we've been seen as the, you know, the outsiders for so long, and you know, it's glad to hear players talking about the pride in the jersey and, and in the place. Um, you obviously signed a new contract with Connick this year. Um, how did those negotiations go? I mean, obviously with the Ireland stuff, it was a uh, you know probably in a pretty strong position when it came to negotiation time. It, uh, they, you know what, Connect actually did me a favour. I had, I had um, another year to go and then out of good faith, they kind of wanted to renegotiate early um, just because they, they thought I was, I was playing good footy and stuff. So they didn't have to do that at all and I was so appreciative to, to um, yeah, for that. And, it, it, you know, it, it just shows that we, we do have good people around here and we're not, it's not all just totally business. Like it, they do, I think, care for players and, and uh, are willing to respect players if they're if they're doing well and, and yeah show them the, the respect they kind of have earned and whatnot. So um, I originally just wanted to sign the two and kind of go from there. But uh, I had a chat with Willie and Tim, um, and they they told me their ideas and why they kind of wanted three and and all that. And I I, I got it and it just yeah to me it it when I thought about it, it didn't really make too much of a difference. It was um. You know, I was actually happy happy enough to be here for at least another three years as well. And I'm sure it's going to be many more after that anyway. So, um, yeah, it's just absolutely chuffed to, to be here for it. All right, again, all glad to hear that. Um, obviously, around the time, there was a lot of rumours going around, as there always seems to be, about a Connacht player going to Munster or Leinster. Munster, obviously, was the obvious one, obviously, with your mother being from Cork. Um, how real are those rumours? Is it just Twitter chat or is there actual talks going on? I didn't. I that's the first I'm hearing of it. So, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't hear you're, anything. You're obviously stuff. not on Twitter, so. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? I'm actually. I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. I have yeah. to get on all the boys over here on Twitter, and it, it looks like great crack. So, I don't know if. I need well, to... it depends. It depends <laughs> on what your definition of crack is. Yeah. Uh, you get into a lot of arguments with Welsh people if you're up for that. Yeah, that sounds good fun. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, um, Mac had a burn a burner account. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I love and... I love riling people up on um on Instagram at least. Like it, it is good fun. I know we're not allowed to interact with with trolls per se, but people just get riled up so easily. It is it is great entertainment. Yeah, well, with the introduction of uh, Welsh teams and then the introduction of South African teams, uh, you know, the South African fan base is also quite a. Uh, Oh, what would what word would you use, Westy? Charming, <laughs> illusionally <laughs> passionate, I'd say. Yeah, oh, as you say, a lot of a lot of referee decisions have gone against South African teams. Yeah. Oh, look, they um, like how 
their supporters, how they support footy is how it should be around the world. Like their their supporters are just so, uh, and you know they're probably not going to appreciate me saying, it, but they're just so blindly loyal. Like no matter what, um, but that's great. Like that's what you want. Like why would you want supporters who who go for your team that agree with everyone else? Like no, you want you want your fan base to be so like so biased towards you exactly like they are like that's that's how it should be anyway um so i don't i don't um yeah i don't think that's bad at all i think it's crack on keep doing what you're doing like that's that's exactly what i'd want out of my teams anyway yeah i mean and when you're not trolling people on, on instagram you know anyone who's seen you at games and even my partners come to them a few times you usually hang around after and we see you like taking pictures and signing balls for like kids and stuff um it seems like that kind of thing is important to you, like the younger generation, the community engagement. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that, or is that, is that true? Yeah, look, it um, you know, it came from I kind of learned it off my dad and stuff. Like whenever players would kind of stick around for for me growing up and stuff, um, I just remember my dad would just be like, you know, that is if you ever get to that opportunity, that like that's he spent two seconds with you, and it's it's just a great. It's just amazing. Like, and I still remember meeting people when I was, um, yeah, when I was growing up, and I did realize like it actually does mean a lot to me, Grant. So if I can spend fucking, pardon my French, if I can spend two, if I can spend a couple minutes with with just people, and all I got to do is take a photo of them, say good day, sign something, and it's going to make them happy. You know, why wouldn't you do it? It um, it's such an easy thing to do, and yeah, uh, like as a, I think we have such a great fan base, so. Definitely got a lot of time for everybody around here anyway. It's okay. It's a podcast, Mike. You can curse away. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Good luck. Let's move. <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> uh, let's talk about, obviously, uh, your Irish, your time with Ireland camp. You're selected to your first Six Nations after only a few months playing for Connacht. Talk to us about that experience. First of all, finding out. How did you find out, you know, that the first Six Nations camp? Summarise it all for us, please. Um, so I kind of, I'd heard murmurs from, from Bundy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, and not that I don't trust Bundy. It was just like, you know, I just wanted to be, I just wanted it to be out in the open um, before anything was said. So, yeah, I had been told throughout the day. I knew the list was coming out later in the day. Um, and then, yeah, once it, come, once it came out, I started getting the messages and everything. But that whole day when I was just counting down the minutes to, I think it came out about 3 p.m. or something, just to, or maybe even a bit later, just to make sure that it was actually um, official. I hadn't told my parents or anything. Or, and I think once it was out, I, um, I got on the phone and it was about 2 or 3 in the morning and gave him a call. Anyway, so I knew that they'd they'd be pissed off for a couple seconds and then they'd be pretty chuffed afterwards. So um, that's kind of yeah how it came about. Um, had you had you spoken to Andy Farrell at all or much in the interim? Because I think you were in a squad. You were brought in as injury cover in the autumn internationals. Uh, had you talked to him much between that and were what were those conversations like? If if you did, I talked to talked to Andy a little bit every now and then. Uh, he, I guess kind of. Same with a couple of coaches. They kind of just check in and say you're going and tell you what they want you to work on, how they think you're going and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was, it's never really, yeah, I hadn't had any chats about, about that, about the squad or if I was definitely going to be in or if they were looking at me or like, you know, I think when you get a call, you kind of understand that they're, 
they are watching the games and they're um, by telling you what they want you to work on. It uh, it could be for a reason, but now for me it was yeah, it was just out of my head. I just thought it was great. I was getting calls and they were um, showing interest in me at all. So um, it was definitely yeah, it was definitely a surprise when it came about. You were obviously coached by two Andys last season with Andy Friend and Andy Farrell. How do they? How are they similar? And how do they kind of differentiate between the two? Um, that's a good question. There. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's it's um. It's it's tough because I get on with um I get on with them both very well. Andy's, I've I've become really close with Andy and kind of seen him for a bit of a father figure over here. He's been like so helpful with stuff off field and he kind of came more about that for me in that sort of regard with, with Andy. And then um, with Fazia, it's, um, yeah, he's great. He can just hold a room. Like whenever he speaks, you, it's dead silent and you, you listen to every word he's going to say because it's whatever's going to come out of his mouth is going to be genius more than likely without blowing smoke up his ass or anything. Um, but yeah, he, he, both of them just have such a great mind for rugby. So um, that's prob- that'd probably be the main difference at all. I, I'd say with them. Yeah, the, the styles. I think I think most people have commented on that the styles of Ireland and Connacht play are quite similar. Um, has that kind of helped you integrate well into the Ireland team? Yeah, definitely. It definitely has. It. it um, you know, we're not a team that just box kicks every every couple seconds and tries to play territory that sort of way. We want to play expansive rugby and, you know, play a brand of rugby come watch. And so, yeah, yeah. So the um, it was just more the calls and the terminology and kind of trying to get your head around that. Like it's, um, it is quite tough when you, when you call stuff out of the pod or even calling a pod or trying to run off nine, all these little inside balls, all that type of stuff. Um, that was probably the biggest challenge. Just, yeah, just getting the terminology and, and all the calls um, in sync, I guess. That first match against Wales uh, in the Aviva, can you talk to us about how that build-up went, you know, the anthems, getting onto the pitch, the, the crowd? How, uh, what's, your, what's your kind of mindset like at that time? So, I same sort of thing to being told I was in the Six Nations. Bundy, <laughs> Bundy spilled beans and told me I was going to be playing. Um, yeah, and I don't know why, I just don't believe him. Like, I, I just... It was like, I don't know if I was just gobsmacked or whatever. And I, I just I just wanted to wait until it came out. I called mum and dad, actually, and I said, I might I might be playing this week. And they're like, why do you think that? And I go, Bundy told me. I didn't know. My parents actually knew at the time. And they're like, why don't you go ask someone and ask if, if you're definitely in? So they didn't want to tell me. Um, and I was like, no, I'm not going to go ask if I'm playing this week. That's what a ridiculous thing to say. So. Um, who told them? <laughs> uh, I think Andy Andy told them, or some people got onto them because they they were, when you make your debut, everybody like in your family sends over videos and um, yeah, it's it's honestly it's it's a really special thing. It's um, they go above and beyond to make your debut a special day for you. So uh, I'm forever grateful for that. But yeah, I I came out of the meeting and I called them. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. And they weren't really shocked. They were like, yeah, yeah, we know you're playing. We knew you were playing before. But we just, I was like, well, fucking tell me. Like. <laughs> I know. Fair play for keeping it a secret. I would have blabbed 100%. <laughs> oh, I, was feeling, I was feeling sick in case like I didn't actually get picked and I was just told them like I could be playing. And, um, 
and then yeah, the week the week leading up to it, uh, the trainings were fine. It wasn't too bad. I had a lot of guys help me out. Keith Earls actually went down um, pretty late, which was which was a shame because Keith was helping me out so much. But, and just remind you that yeah, like it is it is just another game. And I, once I realised that the guys I'm playing with the, the caliber of players um, that are absolutely world class all around, it did calm my nerves a bit. Knowing I just got to go out there and, and do my job, and, and the rest is going to take care of itself. I've got so much X factor around me that opportunities will come my way. So, um, and then come to game day, it was presented to me the night before. Is it is it difficult, Mac, having like these? big milestone moments you know like your first Ireland cap your first game of Connacht like been so far away from your family like you've already spoken quite highly of you know how happy you were speaking to the first people you called and stuff is it difficult in those situations not having them there it definitely is because I, I'd always go to my parents straight away um, and felt like I got to share it with them a lot more um, I still get to call them and I still know that how like happy they are for me that it, when you know I tell them these things and um, it's still very special to me, but there's nothing I kind of liked better than going home with good news and telling them, you know, I, I remember telling them my, my, I was making my Brumbies debut and all that. And I guess getting that physical aspect of, you know, getting to hug your mom and dad, like your, your brother and all that sort of stuff or telling your mates and seeing the, the smiles on their faces. It, it, you do miss that a little bit, but um, saying that I got, I got new friends and, and everything over here that, you know, are just as happy for me and, and everything as well. So, um, but yeah, like it, it is a little bit different, but it's still, um, no, it's still really good. I can, I can feel the happiness through the phone. Yes. Uh, Steve is a, is a great hugger if you ever need one. Um, I can testify to that. Oh yeah. I, I do enjoy a good hug. <laughs> a hug, just to clarify, not a hooker, uh, a hugger. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure you can make good money on both, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's there's definitely there's definitely a market for it somewhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mac. I needed that today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good. One. I'm gonna just repay me with one of these hugs. <laughs> yeah. Next, next. Well, the, the first home game's not for another month, so we'll we'll have to hold off till then. Um, similar, I suppose. Similar with Connacht at Ireland again. Um, you know, your first home game, like you really hit the ground running. Um, in the first game for Ireland, you get that unbelievable break down the left wing pretty early on. You were involved in, um, I think, you had early on in the Bundy try and then obviously the game in France. Um, is that, um, do you take steps to make that happen? Do you like think, oh, I want to get on the ball as quick as possible or is it just kind of something that happened organically? No, I definitely go, uh, I definitely go looking for the ball. It's just the way that I, I find really gets me in the game. And um, yeah, I, can feel, I just feel really involved get, as soon as I get my first touch. Um, once you get that... Yeah, you're in. You're into the game, and you're and you're a part of it. Where sometimes you can be stuck out there, and you're not touching it or anything, and you can feel like you're just doing a whole lot of nothing. So, that's definitely something I try to do: is just get some early touches and come off the wing and and help out where I can. We have to talk about that try against France, Mac. We would be doing the public a disservice if we didn't go into that in more depth because. First of all, watching it, you know, France go, go up early. It seems like our back's against the wall. And then you just pull this rabbit out of your ass and <laughs> score a ridiculous try. I've, I rewatched it today about 20 times for research uh, and for prepping for this for this podcast. But I was just watching it out of pure enjoyment. Talk to us through it. Like, how, how many times have you rewatched this? Like, it just must be an incredible moment for you. Uh, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times at... Um... 
it'd probably be a little bit vain of me to, to keep rewatching it. To be, to be honest, it'd probably sound like a bit of a douche. So, uh, no, I have seen it a couple times. Um, just because I guess, like to me, it was just such a blur. Like it just kind of happened. Um, yeah, a lot of people ask me about. It and I don't have a great answer. I wish I did. I wish I could say like, yeah, it was one hundred percent planned and we'd been training that all week and it definitely meant to happen and we knew it was, but it was just literally, um, they just set up one side more than the other. And Joey was like, oh, I'm just going to switch and kick to you. I was like, yeah, sweet. And I just knew if I didn't chase my ass off that, um, Faz would have just absolutely ripped into me. So that was literally my thing. I was like, just run as fast as you can. Um, so you don't get yelled at pretty much. That's, that's about as far as the story goes. Um, you obviously went on the tour to New Zealand as well. Um, from the outside, it looked incredible. Obviously, a historical, you know, first time you've ever won down there, first tour you've ever won down there. Uh, you played in two out of the three games, uh, which we both won, um, which I'm sure isn't a coincidence. Um, uh, what's it like standing up toe to toe against the All Blacks? It was, I mean, it was a childhood dream. Uh, like it was just, it was. I don't know. It was just something I never... Growing up in Australia, you're constantly watching them and you constantly watch how good they are and everything. So um, it's something It's something that I didn't know if I'd ever get to do. Um, so when it, when it happened the first game, I just took it all in. And um, I'd, I'd played a lot of those guys as it was in Super Rugby. So, you know, I think a lot of the All Blacks that were, are always put on a pedestal and I was the person that would do it as well. Um, I just had to keep telling myself like they're they're just human like like you and me. So um, that definitely helped calm the nerves a little bit more. And and yeah, it was it was actually quite it was quite good fun to to watch the Harker in in person like right right in front of it. It was um, I don't know I don't want to sound like it wasn't intimidating. I actually enjoyed it. Like you say, you played against them in Super Rugby. Do you think that you think that helps took away from like the lore of the All Blacks? Um, you know, I think it's, a, I think maybe a little, like I grew up, but I grew up in the all black era where it was, you know, Dan Carter, um, Kieran Reed, like they had just all these, they had about 10 once in a lifetime players, I'd say on, in a start in 15. Um, so yeah, I guess when you, when you get to play against them, like you're not just watching them constantly from afar. Yeah, as I said, like you just kind of realise that they're just they're just blokes like like everybody else. So it does actually help a little bit. I found. Obviously, you know, it's, you you understand how big of a moment it is, but you know, being your first tour with Ireland, being your kind of first year with Ireland, does it really hit home when you look around and you see the likes of Peter O'Mahony like crying his eyes out after the win? Does it really like kick home and that this is a big moment? Oh, it was um, it was a massive. Yeah, well, that was that was unbelievable to see blokes like that um, who have just had like and Johnny as well, like guys that have had some of the best careers you, you could ask for. It's uh, to see them so emotional and so happy. I mean, why wouldn't it bring a smile to your face? Um, but for me, it was the it was the same because I I I'd never seen New Zealand lose a series in New Zealand. Um, I was always used to seeing them, yeah, um, destroy teams and and just kind of always get the job done. So. Um, from like I, I knew how big of a moment it was for sure as well. It was it was something very special that yeah I'm just will remember for the rest of my life. Um, maybe not the celebrations afterwards; it's a little bit blurry, but the um, but most of it at least. Bonnie didn't steal you any chicken nuggets though. 
yeah, you know, shock, shock horror that he's the one going out looking for chicken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what's it also like, kind of touched about the, having Bundy and even Keen Prendergast, Finney Beelham, having those guys who, you know, the last year have, I'm sure, been very helpful and been very, you know, gracious towards you as well, sharing that moment with them and Pete Wilkins as well. Yeah, it was, um, no, it was great. Like, they're guys you spend every day with, that become they become a big family with and, and everything. So with the other guys as well, like you, you, you do become so tight with each other, but I guess having your home province and there was only a couple of us, like a handful of us, um, it was really cool. It was really special. You could, you could really make, you could really get the connections between us all. Like we, we all knew how much it meant to each other. And um, yeah, like it, it was, it was very special. You kind of mentioned already playing with uh, Johnny Sexton, um, He's had a pretty amazing year. Um, what's it like to play play with Johnny Sexton on a tour like that? Oh man, if you, you ever told me growing up I'd be playing with in the same team as Johnny Sexton, I would have told you you're crazy and probably pissed my pants. Like that's <laughs> just the furthest thing um, from my head. So getting the opportunity to play with him, like he's a player I grew up. Um, I actually love. Like he was one of my favorite players growing up. I've never said it to him because I. I don't want to seem like too big of a fanboy in front of him, but um, no, I used to idolise him. I thought he was incredible, such a good player. So uh, getting that opportunity to play with him is, yeah, it's uh, honestly be, become a bit speechless sometimes. Like he, he's just, he's just so good. Like he, even, even at how old is he now? 45, 46. <laughs> um, he's still killing it. Like he's still, still unreal. I was going to say, maybe he, you might make him feel a bit old if you say he grew up idolising him. <laughs> I've told him he's old before anyway. Uh, so he's, uh, no, he's fun. He's, he's a good sport. Similar to the questions about the two Andes, playing with a 10 like Jack and a 10 like Johnny, obviously both great 10s in their own right. What's the similarities? What's the differences? You know, I'm sure there is differences playing with two different players like that. Yeah, look, they're, they're both, um, both unbelievable 10s. I think Johnny can, they're both very good game managers. Um, Johnny's actually like Johnny's got a really good running game. I think that doesn't get a lot of praise. Like his his abilities to come out of pods and and get the ball to space quickly is second to none. And then um, I think you're kidding yourself if you don't think Jack Hardy has one of the best kicking games for a ten in the world. Like let alone in the URC, um, Jack's kicking game second to none that like I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, they'd be, they'd be the main ones I'd say, but they're both very similar players. Um, we have a new pitch this year in the sports ground. Um, the artificial kind of surface, historically, kind of don't do great on artificial surfaces. Um, how do you feel about it? Are you excited about playing on a on, on the four G pitch? Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We we might get to train on it like once or twice before we play our game, so we're not really gonna know what to expect. It will take a bit of getting used to. Like uh, we've been playing on a mud patch for the last however long, um, you know, and the, the, the groundskeepers and everything, it's definitely going to be such a, such a more chill job on them. Like they've, they've done such a good job to, to keep that pitch any green. Like I don't know how they do it, honestly, playing games on that and with the amount of rain we get. Um, so they're probably taking a big breath of, of fresh air, like getting to, uh, getting us to play on a 4G. So it'd be, it'd be exciting. Like it'd be, something different. I think that's kind of where it's heading a little bit towards over here, just with the rain. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a step forward, I'd say. 
Are you guys, are some of the players, are they worried about their bodies on, you know, a, a pitch like that? There's not much give. Yeah, I think from, like, from what I've heard, the one we're getting is pretty good. Like, it's it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be the type of pitch where you're coming off with grazes every time you go on or um, it's not going to be the type of pitch where you have no give and you, you take a step and you just, you roll your ankle or, or you, yeah, you, you do hurt yourself badly. From what I've heard, it's a very good pitch and, um, we actually trained out at Craig's um, the other day. That was quality, and they said it's, it's going to be pretty similar to that. So um, I think we'll get used to it pretty quick once once it comes around. You're playing on it week in, week out. It'll, your body will, yeah, we'll get used to it, and you'll get used to bounce the ball and all. Uh, upcoming season, Mac, do you have any personal goals for this year? Yeah, definitely. I want to... Um, I'd love to be, you know, involved with Ireland again, um, wherever I can. If that's, you know, whether I get to play any more games or I'm just in the squad, like it's going up there, such good fun and hanging out with those guys is is unreal. So, but yeah, obviously the, the goal would be to play games. I'd love to play against Australia, just play against some old friends and and all that. Um, and then more for Connacht, you know, I just I just want to have a good season and and kind of contribute to to wins. Like as long as we're playing finals footy, that's that's what's really going to matter to me at the moment. I'd, you know, I, and I'd be lying if I said like I wouldn't want to get players player again and and doing all that those sort of things because that just means I'd be, you know, I'd be playing good footy. So um, they're things that are always in the back of your head. Um, and yeah, as I said, like getting getting the finals footy is the the main one there. Yeah. So you say final finals, you know, getting to the finals this year is, is that is that how you can't shoot a good season or a successful season for Connacht this year? Is that's the that's the goal is to get there and possibly further. Yeah, like you, I think for anybody to say, um, oh, it's you know it's bad to look at it in that sort of light. Well, that's what it is. Like you, you play footy to get to finals. You get to uh, you play footy to to play in these big matches. And um, if you don't make finals, like it's not a successful season. It's probably as simple as that. If you do, um, it might have been bumpy along the road, but you you've got there and you're in the eight, and you have a chance at winning a title. So. I'd say that's um, pretty good incentive to yeah to to making it. Andy Friend has gone to a director of rugby role with Pete Wilkins taking over as head coach. Uh, what's working with Pete like? What do you like as a head coach? Pete's really good. He's so chilled, and um, Pete is just like, he's so good at getting his getting his point across. Like he um, he just simplifies it down for us because we're all. Um, we're all rugby players, so we're not geniuses by any means. Um, he he uh, he's very good at yeah, just explaining it and keeping it simple. <clears throat> um, which is the same with the other coaching staff. Like everything we're doing, or well, the things that we've changed, they're not. It does. It's yeah. It's not rocket science or anything. It's just these little tweaks that if we um if we do them, we're going to be really dangerous. And and Pete, yeah, having Pete there and in charge has has been good. He's um he's good calm head to have at the top. Um, speaking of the changes in, in the two coaches um, and their roles, there's a few new players come in. Um, I think one of the ones that we've kind of seen a lot of comparisons with yourself about is obviously uh, Byron Ralston coming in. Um, yeah. Have you spoken to him at all? Uh, are you mentoring him like we all think you are? Or did, are you the one who convinced him to come? <laughs> no, I hate Byron. Like the, the, he's even over here. Is, is, is <laughs> I can't, can't believe him. No, no, he, uh, no, I get on with Byron very well. We, we used to verse each other in 
um, in footy back home a lot, actually, and I don't think we liked each other very much at all. Well, I didn't like him at least. Uh, don't know what his feelings are. So it was um, it was quite funny when I heard that he when he got signed, and then getting over and getting to meet him. Um, uh, he's a gentleman. He's such a good fella, and he's um, he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I'd say he's going to be really dangerous. If he if he grows the hair out and grows the beard, we know that you are mentoring him. We know that it's the transformation is nearly complete. <laughs> yeah, I put him on. I've, I've sent him my hair care and everything. Uh, yeah, we'll see the locks. And oh, that. we're gonna get to your hair care, Mac. That was one of the many questions we got asked about, but we'll get to that <laughs> later on. Uh, you you mentioned Byron. How are the other new signings getting on training? Obviously, a good few uh, influx of Lens ex Lenser players. Uh, the likes of Seamus Harry Lanton getting involved too. Uh, how are they getting on? Are they, are they fitting in well? Yeah, yeah, they're um, they've been great additions to the club. Like they're all, they're all such sound fellas. Um, which is yeah, that's all you that's all you look for when, when players coming in. Obviously, you you want good players and good players to play with. But um, if they're a cockhead at the end of the day, it's it's not really going to work. So they've come in and. Um, they've got the same mindset, you know. They they've got this mindset of of want to win things, and they're not coming down here just for no reason. Like they they want to help change the club, and um, the way they still look at footy, they're like they're really hungry to win things. So that's a really positive thing to have um, coming down. Yeah, I suppose the main question everybody's lips is uh, where have you sent them in Galway for pints or food? Where have you recommended them to go? Um. No, we just keep. We, they're still living in Dublin. We're not. We're not allowing them down too early yet. They haven't. They haven't earned their stripes yet, so they can still make the trek um, before before they're allowed to be official Gorwegians, I guess. That was a trick question. That was the right answer, Mac. Well done. That was a trick question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there seems to be a great atmosphere around the kind of group, but you know, you get on well with everyone, as you said. Um, how much fun are trainings? Because I've seen recently you were. You, uh, have you recovered from that brutal attack by Jordan Duggan with the water bottle? Because that was that was on Instagram there last week. Yeah, that just shows Duggan to a T. He's a real prick. He's a real bastard. Like he's a cockhead, as you said. A cockhead. yeah. He's one of the, he's one of the bad guys for sure. Jordan Duggan. Jordan. Everybody's starting to call him Jordan Thuggan, actually. So <laughs> um, I'm sure if you, we can get the crowd uh, to start chanting, uh, chanting Thuggan. Again, he'll uh, he'll really get around that. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> first game against Monster. Jordan Thuggan, everybody, <laughs> get around it. When him. you when you get your burner account on Twitter, you can start hashtagging Thuggan, Jordan yeah. Thuggan for yourself. Oh, I will. Well, don't you worry. Don't maybe that, you worry. Maybe that should be the name of the burner account, Jordan Thuggan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I'd love. I would, I would love to have done that. I can't do that now. Damn. <laughs> yeah, true. I'll edit that part out. I'll edit that part out. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we, we've a few. We'll finish up, Matt, because I know you're you're a busy man. So we, we've got a few questions that we sent in, some of ourselves, and then some from Twitter and Instagram. So uh, we'll just finish up with a few of those questions, and then we'll let you go. First one's a big one. <laughs> yeah, referencing other members of the squad, who I'm sure are real cockheads. Um, how good of a kisser is Ben O'Donnell? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, he's got such soft lips. Uh, I really, miss <laughs> I really miss that guy. Damn, he's very good. Yeah, very good kisser. Anybody looking for it? I'm sure Katie would have a word to say about that. But uh, yeah, best athlete to come out of Darham Allen College in Canberra. Best athlete. Um. Uh, his name's Ben Wilson. He's a good friend of mine. He's uh, also goes by Wolfo Winger, very quick down the wing, and 
can drink a bottle as quick as anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> Does that count as athleticism? I think so. Yeah, yeah. You're at least doing like you're doing some sort of a bicep curl. That's uh, yeah, no, because I, I was looking up, and obviously a lot of them are Aussie rule players and stuff. But I saw Nick Kyrgios is is also one of the past pupils. So was he was a couple of years ahead of you though, was he? He was, yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, tweets asking about Slurms McKenzie. Um, can you tell us about about Slurms and and uh, Ushin Dowling and a few of your famous tattoos? Yeah, um, so I just I always used to love Futurama growing up, and. That is my absolute favorite episode to a tell you. Like, it, I think it's so funny. He saves everybody from, he saves the world by partying. I just think it's <laughs> what a great way to save the world. If you're going to go out anyway, you want to go out like slums. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, my name's Mackenzie. His name's Mackenzie. Uh, it just, it just clicked that I had to get it one day. You've you washing Dowling's face on your leg. How much to get Westy's face uh, tattooed <laughs> on some part of your body? Um, yeah, I don't just just pay the pay the fine. I'll pay the uh, the bill, and it's done. It's on there. Well, you could argue that it's your face because yeah. you and Westy are very similar. So you know, I, you I told you at the start. I just people keep bumping into me saying, um, "Hey, Westy, how you going?" I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not this Westy boy." <laughs> Love the podcast, Westy. It's not <laughs> the fact that someone takes I'm in my mid twenties uh, is just endlessly delightful for me. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, I, keep, I told my girlfriend what your age was, Mac, because she just assumes that everyone that I'm talking to on my podcast is older than me. Because I'm 28, <laughs> Wesley's 30, 31, 31, 31, and you're only 24, right, Mac? Yeah, yeah. I normally get, I normally get said, I, uh, I normally get told I get to look a bit older, so that's fine. I'll I think it's it. the, it's, it's, it's the, it's the hair and the, the beard. I think. Yeah. I think that's all. Can grow face there. It's one of my, one of my good traits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, this one comes in from Hawkeye Sidekick on Twitter who asked, who inspired you as a kid and who was the biggest help in your underage development? You know, the, I think the, the typical like mum and dad, you know, they always did so much for me and they always, um, like we never really went on holidays growing up because they'd always be saving the money to take me to rugby comps and um, doing stuff like that. So that I... I um yeah I look up to them so much and everything they've done for me I could not appreciate more like they they've just been the absolute best and I couldn't ask for better parents um and then maybe you know from a sporting point <coughs> pardon me <coughs> sporting point of view um would be <coughs> sorry <coughs> clearing the throat <coughs> um. I, I really like I loved uh, Stephen Larkin growing up. You know he was he was unbelievable. Seeing tapes of him was was crazy. Um, like the yeah the footy he played is just it's just vintage. It's such vintage. Like it, you, you'll watch the the footage of him for for years and years and years and years to come. Like he was just unbelievable. I'll also throw DX in there from from wrestling. Big fan of DX. <laughs> Michaels and Triple H. Them were boys. Yeah yeah. I've been walking. Around. I've been walking around town, suck it, plenty. We're doing. <laughs> you and Finley have some good conversations, so about the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it's actually class. I love talking. Uh, I love talking old wrestling with Finley. It's good. He's got plenty of um, plenty of what's the word I'm looking for? He he can um do a lot of characters. I'd say he uh, impressions. Yeah, very. He's got some very good impressions. So if you ever get him on again, you got to get him to do his impressions. Did you get to did you get to meet 
Stephen Arkin or speak to him much while he was down in uh, down in Munster? No, but his um his last year at Brumbies was my like kind of first preseason in there, uh-huh. so I got to meet him. Um, I actually got to have a beer with him at Mooseheads. Uh, that's a that's a bar in that's a club in Canberra just before he took off. So that was pretty cool. That's something I'll kind of always hold pretty dear. But I got to have a Canadian club with uh, a very drunk Stephen Larkin about four in the morning. I'm so glad he's left Munster now because that would have only fueled the rumours more. So I'm glad, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's gone back. That's the only reason I'm saying it now. He's uh, he's out of here, so that's fine. Uh, Jay Long sends in a question. Um, he wants to know, uh, after seeing you go kind of 180 from not being involved in kind of the, the media or, or any of that, uh, to now kind of being out there front and centre, maybe since the French game, um, how does that feel for you as a player? Um, uh, it's, it's strange for me. I, I, um, I probably do have to be a bit more careful nowadays of some stuff. I, do. I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like... I just feel the same and, and all that. So it's tough to, to change. And I do get a bit more paper, like people coming up to me and, and doing all that, which, um, which I absolutely love. Like, and I always, I'm getting messages from people and I, I don't always reply, but if you're listening and you do send me messages, like I, I do really appreciate it. So um, that aspect is, I, I think a lot of people can look at it as, um, you know, it can, it can be a bit annoying, but I absolutely love it. Like a, it's, yeah, it always puts a smile on my face when someone's coming up and just wants to have a conversation about footy. Uh, this question wasn't written down, but I've just came to my mind, and I hope you enjoy this one. But is Chaz Michael Michaels figure skating? <laughs> what a stupid question. Of course he is. <laughs> if he's any different, is just way off. That is, that guy is, he's probably another, um, another rival of mine, to be fair. A hundred percent, yeah. Oh, I love that's, that. <laughs> I always enjoyed your uh, your Instagram stuff about him, but he's crossed the bear. He's crossed the bear. <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched Blades of Glory, uh, treat yourself tonight. Oh, and go do yourself a favor. Any any early Will Ferrell movies? If you have you seen Semi Pro? Oh, so favorite movies of all time goes number one Step Brothers. Number two would be Goodfellas, and then number three would. Honestly, Semi Pro would be very close to number three. I'm Big. so glad you're saying this, Mac. I'm so glad you're saying oh, this. Will Ferrell is sexy. It's constantly on play on my playlists. It never goes off. I genuinely <laughs> have him on so many of my playlists. I love <laughs> him. He's so good. Just want to fill a bathtub full of sweat. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> God damn it, Bacardi! So I'm fucking. <laughs> oh, I hope people are getting these references. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so weird. A bit where he's like. He owes everyone corn dogs, and he just they're like Jackie Moon does a victory lap out of the stadium. I literally lose it every time. Yeah, uh, do you think there's going to be some corn dogs in sports ground this year if he's holding the team under ten points? Maybe. Um, hey, it's a thing to put to it's a thing to put to Willie and the boys down at um after. I think it'd be a great way to get people in. Corn dogs obviously work. It gets people. It gets bums in seats. Look at look at uh look at Flint. Got corn dogs. Yeah, Flint. Can you <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously your your hair has been a huge topic of conversation for a lot of people. Uh, so, question from Peter Connolly and Anya Cav on Instagram, who both ask: A, how often are you washing it, and B, what products are you using? All right, so people are going to think I'm gross, but I'm going to explain why I do what I do. Okay, so it's nothing weird or like I don't use any products in my hair. I don't use 
shampoo or conditioner because I saw somewhere, I saw on a TikTok one day that it's actually good for you not to and then your natural oils take over. So, but I wash my hair, I put my hair underwater every day and then, yeah, let my natural oils do the rest. I think I saw the same TikTok, but I wasn't sure if it was like a scam or not. Yeah, I tried it and for a couple of weeks, like for, for like two weeks, it was pretty greasy and gross and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to like shampoo it here or it's going to start like getting dreads and like being gross, um, even grosser, sorry. And then, uh, yeah, one day it just, it actually did work. And now, yeah, that's what I do. Just chuck it underwater and it's good to go. Westy, is this, is this going to enlighten your life now? Um, well, I mean, I can't wait to tell my missus that because she's always going to have me for not washing my hair enough. So now that I, now I've got <laughs> back secret, I'm delighted. <laughs> and, and you're going to save some coin too. Conditioner yeah. is expensive. If you want some good, if you want some good shit, like it is, it's going to send you a pretty penny. Yeah, for sure. Um, our last got a few questions are are about Lemmy, uh, your dog. Um, is it too early for us to adopt Lemmy as the new Comet mascot? I saw it, <laughs> that Lemmy was in a lot of the, the promos and stuff. Oh, uh, look, there's so many good dogs getting around Connect at the moment. Like um, Finley's got Bane, uh, Gav just got Charlie, and uh, who else have we met? There's plenty of others. Um, Josh Murphy has Susie, another another pointer as well. So I think uh, he'd love it. You know, if we get some some dog wear made up, I'll definitely chuck it on him. But there's um, there's plenty of good mascots to get around, not just not just little Emmy. Uh, how long have you had him? Is it is it between you and your girlfriend, or is it just your own dog, or what was the story behind it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So I was actually moving out um, of my place, and I was going to live with her for it was meant to be two weeks. So I've been here about three months now. Um, and I just went out and got a dog, which we, she was not thrilled about, believe it or not. Uh, so out of respect to her, I'll say both, uh, you know, but when he like takes shits on the floor or he's being a, a pain in the ass, yeah, he's definitely mine. Is she rubbing your nose in the piss that you leave on the floor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got to teach me a lesson somehow. Yeah. I don't know even know if so this is arable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, this is actually our final question because we always like to get someone from inside the Connacht camp to send a question in that only the, the guest will know the context to. So this one's from Joycey, the kit man. Oh. Uh, is, it asked, is it appropriate? Is it appropriate? Yes, it is. Way? It is actually. Well, consider what we've been talking about so far, probably, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he asked, does Mac know the difference between Sunday and Sunday week? So, oh, okay. Um, so Joycey is just... Dumb as dog shit, obviously, as anybody. <laughs> and I said, could you look after my dog um, for a week? I have the messages. I will post them on Instagram so everybody knows I'm telling the truth. Um, and then uh, there was a bit of a miscommunication. I said um, till Sunday, and he thought the Sunday coming, but I met the Sunday after um, to look after Lemmy. So that was the confusion. Um and yeah, no, he hasn't let me. He hasn't let me forget about it. That's for sure. It's definitely an Irish thing. It's the same as saying like half two instead of two thirty, because that's just another Irish thing that people do apparently. Yeah. So I c- I can understand the confusion there, but well, I'm once Lemmy was okay. <laughs> yeah, he's um, yeah, no, he he's eaten all the peanut butter he could at Joyce's house, and now he's back back in my hands. So a couple of pounds heavier, maybe. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure a couple of people might get the peanut butter joke, but 
I I didn't want to ins- insinuate <laughs> it, but uh, <laughs> I was again not sure if it's usable, but uh, we'll we'll work past that. Yeah. Uh, Mac, we've kept you already an hour over an hour, so I know you're a busy man. We really appreciate you coming on. We're delighted you're a Connacht player for the next couple of years. We wish you nothing but success with Connacht and Ireland over the next couple of years too. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. I'll talk Thanks, to you Mark. soon.